Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is December 19th, Thursday. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page XXX, paragraph 1. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Ken P., The 12 Traditions, Michelle L., the readers, Katie F., Kathy K., Du, and Julie R. The reference number for yesterday, which was December 18th, Wednesday, is 5643. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ken P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, a vision for you. Excuse me. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I'll pass. Thank you, Ken. I will now ask Michelle L. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Michelle from Delaware, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions, one, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endures, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Michelle. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderator is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does not request that your sharing, or does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page XXX, paragraph 1. And I will ask Katie F. to begin reading. I'll press star 1, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. There are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon of craving which cause men to make the supreme sacrifice rather than continue to fight. And this is um, picking up from the previous paragraph where it says these men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. So this is uh, saying to us that it doesn't matter what information I have. I can have all the knowledge in the world. I can 
uh, try to muster up my uh, willpower and um, and even you know have the desire that you know I want to uh, fit into that dress that I bought last week, or I don't want to embarrass myself again by you know standing at the buffet um, when everyone else has moved on to something else. But these situations, um, when I get into them, when I'm in my disease, the phenomenon of craving takes over. I, there is no pause. When that pause comes up and I say, but wait, but wait, but wait, I don't stop. I just pick up the food. That was my life for decades. That I had the, I, I knew that I didn't want to do it. And even though I didn't want to do it, I begged God to help me that I wouldn't do it. I still walked right back to where I had been, and I picked up that food. Now, you know, normal people don't do that. I live in a household with children and a husband who will let the last bit of whatever favorite food I made, and they loved it, and they loved it, and they loved it, and then the rest will just sit there and rot. I cannot even grasp that happening. That never happened in my household growing up. But the miracle is today that that very same food is sitting in front of me today and I have no desire to pick it up. Now, I couldn't do that on my own. That took an entire psychic change as a result of working these steps and as a result of uh, surrendering to my higher power and having willingness to do whatever it took and believing and accepting that I have a mental defect that will not go away, as, you know, people like to say on this line. You know, once a pickle is a pickle, you cannot. You can will it all you want. You can stare at it. You can soak it. You can try to get all that brine out of it, but a pickle will not become a cucumber any more than I can say, I don't want, you know, this has been really fun and I really like you people, but I just like to go back to being a normal person. Because the fact is, I was never a normal person. I have had this mental obsession, the phenomenon of craving um, has been a part of my life as far back as I can remember. Um, And so it was such a normal part of my life that I didn't even realize that there was even the remotest possibility that it could change. And it has. It has changed, but I'm not cured. I'm recovered. I have a reprieve based upon the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And I am a free woman today. I can walk around these foods. I can see them, and I do not want them, but I don't eat just a little bit of them either. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Who would like to comment on what was read? Do. Hi, Do. Come on in. Good morning, um, this is Du, newly recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to comment on on the word phenomena of craving. Um, you know, and to really understand what that means, because for normal people, um, they can have a craving before food, um, and um, an intense desire or a longing for food. But for the alcoholic compulsive overeater. Um, what we need to understand is that that phenomenon of craving, that strange mental twist, that 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 um, that phenomenon, which is 
something that's rare or unusual fact or event, um, that craving for this intense longing, this uh, intense hungering for the food or, or urgency for the food or this desire, this really intense appetite comes after the fact after we ingest the food. That's really important for us to know because according to the doctor's opinion, he wasn't talking about the normal craving someone has before they ingest the food. He's talking to us about ingesting it after. And um, just to get a clear picture of that, the page previously in XXIX, it says that um, after they succumb to the desire again, after they ingested the food, as so many do, the phenomenon of craving develops, um, meaning that once it develops, we want more and more and more of the same, and we can't stop once we start. And you know, and from that, it causes us a lot of problems because it says, which caused men to make the supreme sacrifice rather than continue to fight. So, what is the su- supreme sacrifice that that we all do once we? we go on that bender once we go on that spree. Um, uh, it, in page 18 on the uh, first paragraph, it gives us an idea of what that is. Um, anything that we put ahead of, you know, um, like the food or the alcohol, if we put it priority number one before anything else, that's what we're going to be sacrificing. And on page 18 it says, it brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, work lives and blameless children, sad wives and parents. Anyone can increase the list. And then on page 52, it brings a little bit more of that, and it tells us what other things are sacrificed. It says we have, we were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. And, you know, so anytime we put the food... Do I think we lost you? Can you hear me? Hello, Oh, yeah, there you are. Oh, okay. So I, I was saying that anytime we put the food or the alcohol ahead of anything else in our lives because of of ingesting those foods, um, and it causes a phenomenal craving, which it means that we get out of control once, once we ingest it, um, it causes all these other problems. You know, and, and a lot of us, we put all our food ahead of family, relationships, jobs, anything else. It becomes obsolete after a while. So um, I'm glad that we're considering this because it really helps me to remember where I've been and where where I need to continue to go um, with this program. If I if I want relief, I need to follow the directions in the big book. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Du. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Press star one. 
Hi, this oh, is Eileen from Bedford, Mass. Hi, Eileen. Good morning to you. Hi. Um, can you just uh, repeat the paragraph that was read? I know it was short. Yeah, please. I can. Do you want me to, you're asking to read it? No, no, no. Just tell me what it begins with. There are many situations? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, I am Eileen. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, There are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon of craving which causes men to make the supreme sacrifice rather than continue to fight. Um, Making the supreme sacrifice for me would mean to pick up the food again and this would trigger once again the phenomenon of craving. I don't want that today. Um, I, I was out there for 18 more years than I needed to be. I suffered a lot of consequences because of this disease, and I'm not there today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I mean, this year I can spend Christmas with my family and be present for people because I'm not obsessed with the mental cravings and mental obsession about with using the food, the sugar and the flour, primarily for me it was sugar. But uh, I, I continue to fight today. I'm not giving in to that, that sacrifice with the food. Uh, I've, I, you know, like they say, you know, you've ha- I've had enough. I've had my share. Um, and today, when I think about it, you know, I don't miss the things that others are eating anymore because I know where it would have gotten me if I continued to eat it. I was at my heaviest, 215 pounds. I know if I went back out there, I would be more than today. So thank you, God, and thanks for listening. I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen. Who else would like to comment on what was Hey, Katie G. Sorry, Melanie, I didn't mean to interrupt. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G from Boston, recovered. Uh, grateful to be here. I'm sober by the grace of God. So um, when I was read this paragraph by my sponsor, it was about um, identifying in, do I relate as a food addict? Am I a compulsive reader of the hopeless variety? And um, <laughs> I loved the description of the phenomenon of craving. You know, it's that we've been talking about, you know, food becomes my drug of no choice. And what I was taught is that um, which caused men to make this supreme sacrifice, and I was actually taught um, by a woman that that actually means that they take their life, that life becomes so awful in the food that they don't have the strength to fight anymore and that they make that supreme sacrifice of taking their life rather than continuing to fight. And I know, you know, whether you agree with that or not, it doesn't matter, you know, because for me, the disease of, of um, compulsive overeating um, is me trying to take my life only. Compulsive overeating is like being trying to be kicked to death by bunny rabbits. You know, it's a very slow and painful death. And, um, and you know, the woman who sponsored me at the time, you know, said that, you know, they're, they're taking their life. And, you know, what, what I'm so grateful for about this paragraph is um, I don't fight today. I have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even food. You know, um, neutrality has been restored to me. I am not, I don't, I don't react, I, I react tamely and normally. I've not sworn off around the food. 
I don't have to fight anymore. That's the brilliance of it. If you show up, right, and you surrender to this program, and you surrender and you're brutally honest about these are my alcoholic foods, these are my alcoholic food behaviors every single day and don't engage them so that with enough time so that we can get you through the steps. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine and she's writing and I reminded her last night something my sponsor, the same woman who shared with me about the supreme sacrifice, um, she said, Katie, when you're on your writing, you're in your nadir. You're at your lowest point. You're the most vulnerable. And yeah, you're probably going to feel like you're fighting every day for your life. But you know what? I've, I've done the steps. I have a relationship with God today, and I do not have to fight. I do not have to fight this illness. I do not have to fight you. I do not have to fight God. I surrender every day and say, okay, God, I am not in management anymore. You show up today. I'm going to weigh and measure my food. I'm going to stay abstinent, and I'm going to live in 10, 11, and 12. And, God, you show me where to be of service today. You know, so um, thank you, God, that I never made the supreme sacrifice. Thank you, God. You know, how many times did I want to kill myself? I was trying to kill myself. It was a slow death. But honestly, I was too chicken to do anything more. You know, like I, um, I know that's horrible to say, but I really, like, I wanted to die, but I, I you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stop with that. But I, um, you know, I have friends who died from this illness who've taken their life because of this illness. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful that I don't have to fight today. I'm grateful that I have an opportunity to live today. And I am grateful there are very clear instructions, including abstinence and living, 10, living in 10, 11, and 12 after clearing out the wreckage of my past that mean that I don't have to fight anymore. Because you know what, guys? I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Yes, Kim. Uh, this is Lorna in the Bronx. I heard um, Kim first and then Lorna. Okay, sure. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, that supreme sacrifice, which is, I'd rather die than live without the food. I'd rather die than live without the food. You know, I was in high school, and I remember going to bed at night and not caring whether I woke up or not. I didn't care. It's not that I wanted to die. It's just that being alive was so painful. You know, rather than continue to fight, what does that mean, continue to fight? You know, if really my problem was just food, then I would put the food down, I would become abstinent, and I would be fine. Continue to fight means abstinence is so uncomfortable. Trying to live abstinently all day long? You mean I have to be abstinent in the morning and abstinent in the afternoon and abstinent at night? It is a constant fight, a constant battle. And once I pick up, that phenomenon of craving takes over, and I have a bodily mandate to continue to binge and binge and binge. So what does that look like, that supreme sacrifice? You know, my best friend is a doctor, and she'll sometimes talk to me. She said, I don't get it. I've got a patient. She's 500 pounds. Her diabetes is so bad that we're going to be cutting off her leg, cutting off her foot. And I come in. And her family has snuck in a cheesesteak. What is she doing? She's losing a limb, and yet she's, she's going around the system in order to have a cheesecake. You know, I worked with a girl who was bulimic. 
who was told, if you throw up one more time, your esophageal wall is so thin that if you throw up one more time, it could burst and you could, you could die because you're going to die in your own vomit. But that couldn't stop her. And what about the anorexic who's so underweight that her electrolytes are so insane that the doctor is saying, if you do not eat, if you do not put some weight on, you are going to have a heart attack. You are going to die, just like Karen Carpenter died. And yet that anorexic will continue to starve themselves and continue to overexercise and continue. That is what they're talking about. The fight of being abstinent, it's so painful that I'd rather make that supreme sacrifice and chance dying, losing a leg, drowning in my own vomit, having a heart attack at a young age, rather than face life without the food. And I have been told by, by our fellows in AA that it is more common for an alcoholic to kill themselves sober than to kill themselves drunk. Because that is our true problem. Our true problem is we are restless, irritable, and discontent. And we are so uncomfortable that the thought of living without the food is more painful than the thought of just drinking ourselves to death or just eating ourselves to death. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Lorna, you're next. Yes, thank you. I just unmuted. Um, after I share, I wonder if somebody could tell me where this reading came from because I came on late. But um, just I wanted to share briefly, uh, thank you to the last uh, lady that commented. That was absolutely amazing. And um, thank you all for being here. I'm a new member of OA since September 28th, and I'm doing really well on the program and I have a wonderful sponsor but uh, from what I understand you know I've just gotten glimpses of what this reading must have been about but uh, it is amazing that uh, first of all that God loves us and he has our back and he's never given up on me and on us is really deep for me and uh, really amazing and Reminds me of the loves that as daddies and mommies we have towards our children and our friends um, through suffering uh, for the sake of living for others. We got so much uh, love in our hearts similar to what God has given us. Um, but as the previous uh, lady spoke about, uh, yeah, it's amazing that... Uh, we would be, we, you know, we would be willing to sacrifice uh, anybody and anything for the sake of, uh, you know, uh, not being abstinent or not being on the program. It's really incredible, and all those points that uh, about how one could lose one li one's life either on a daily basis just by not being present. Or, you know, to take one's life is just really amazing. And uh, thank you all. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, True Parents. Thank you for everybody and that's on the line. And thank you for the wonderful program. So maybe when I finish uh, here, someone could tell me where the reading came from. And thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lorna. And yes, that is in the big book on page XXX. Paragraph one. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Would anyone else like to share on what was read before we move on? Okay, I'll take that as a no, and so I would like to ask Kathy Kay, please, to read the next paragraph. Yes, thank you, Melanie, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Kathy Kay from Boston, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The classification of alcoholics seems most difficult and in much detail is outside the scope of this book. There are, of course, the psychopaths, who are emotionally unstable. We are all familiar with this type. They are always going on the wagon for keeps. They are ever remorseful and make many resolutions, but never a decision. And this is actually first of three types that are described on this page. Um, and I want to say that um, although I don't identify with the term psychopath, I surely identify for being emotionally unstable. Um, and how many times in my life was I going on the wagon for keeps? Um, I never quite understood um what it meant to go on the wagon, except that if I kept my weight down, um, I must have been doing okay. And if I didn't eat, if I didn't overeat in public, I must have been doing okay. And if I was able to follow a diet plan, I must have been doing okay. Um, but even through all those experiences, of which I had many, um, I was still quite an emotionally unstable person having, um, although I was leading a quote-unquote normal life and maintaining a family and maintaining a career, um, I used to qualify at OA meetings and, and talk about um, how before I found the 12 steps, I lived uh, 85% of my waking hours in anger, in anxiety or depression, excuse me. So I identify with this type, um, and uh, it's so good to be reminded of it, to be reminded of how far I've come. And um, today I read this and I say, yes, this is this is a type that many of us, can relate to. Um, in spite of the labels, it's still a fact that when I ingest my binge foods, I immediately start losing my serenity and calm and um, clarity. Uh, so it's good to be reminded of this extreme case. And with that, I pass. Lauren? Good morning. This is Can I share? <clears throat> I think we lost Melanie, so why doesn't Lauren go next and then Bella? Oh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, this is Lauren uh, S. from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a recovered compulsive overeater. 
I just want to pull out the word psychopath because um, I wanted to look it up and see exactly what the dictionary says. And it's a medical term, and, and I broke it down. So I looked at psych, and, and from my knowledge, that's just a, of the mind. You know, what is, what is controlling my mind? And then path, which means suffering. So I thought, okay, in those terms, yes, I was. I had a suffering of the mind, a, di- a disease of my mind. My mind was influenced by a diseased power. And then I looked up the word psychopath, and uh, it said, um, oh, just trying to remember this, um, uh, antisocial, driven by, I think it said criminal and perverted behavior. So even though I, I don't identify with the criminal behavior, the perverted, I never had that as a motive. Even though I did do, I did commit crimes. Um, I stole food. I, uh, that was the, that was my main crime that I did. The antisocial behavior, I identify absolutely absolutely with that. I was agoraphobic um, in my disease, which means I would not leave my apartment. I did not want to be seen by another person. Um, my parents were the only people that really saw me uh, as I wouldn't shower, I wouldn't change clothing. Um, I wouldn't leave my room. And uh, I actually... Before I entered the rooms last September, August was one of my most extreme cases, and I'm just remembering certain things I used to do. I, I have a roommate. We have a very small um, apartment. It's a two-bedroom, very, very small, just two small bedrooms and a small kitchenette and a, a small hallway and a bathroom. And I would not see her face-to-face for weeks, and we lived five milliseconds from each other and I remember one time I wanted to binge so bad um, but I didn't want her to see me or knock on my door or ask me to hang out so I actually hid myself in my closet <laughs> my small oh Lauren I think we lost you Lauren Hi. Hi. I'm sorry. I'll I'll wrap up. I think I got muted somehow. Well, I was just to say that I was very antisocial, very agoraphobic, and um, identified. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. And Bella, you're next. Bella, are you with us? Good morning, Melanie. Did you say Bella? I did. Good morning. Good morning, Melanie. This is Bella. I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for uh, doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Yes, I love this paragraph. They are over-remorseful and make many resolutions, but never a decision. And yes, I continue with uh, how we finish the last paragraph, continue to to fight. This is where I was. I was, I will never eat again. I will never pick up that food, never again. I will never run to the food. No, never, ever. And yes, it was a fight. And I was 
always a loser, and I wanted so much to be the winner, and I wanted so much to prove to everybody that I can do it, and I was always the loser. And thank God I am now in the program that I learn what means one day at a time. I don't say anymore, I will never, I will always. No, it's one day at a time. God gives me opportunities 24-7. And yes, I, I accept myself as a human. I know that I don't know everything. I don't know everything all the time. Yes, I do have limitations. And yes, I, I have my character defect, and yes, I am human, and I am doing mistakes. The, one, the, the wonderful part is that God is here with me, and he trusts me, and he always gives me opportunities to do the best choice one day at a time. I am not living the past anymore, and I am not taking responsibility of my future. Yes, I am living the present. The present is a gift. This is my decision to do the best I can one day at a time. And God will direct me and continue to direct me. And I just have to ask God, please open my eyes and open my mind that I will be able to see and to understand one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Who else would like to comment Debbie? on what was read? Katie. Hi, good morning, Debbie. It's and you. then Katie G. And you. Okay, hmm. what, what, what page, I have what Debbie? What page are we I on, have, please? We are on page XXX, and we're at paragraph two. Thank you so much. Thank you, and, um just to just to say again, I'm I'm looking to um, start here with the name. It would be Debbie, Katie G, and then Do. Debbie, you <clears throat> This is Debbie recovered in Montana, being snowed on again today, and um, I just wanted to comment on the making resolutions, especially as we face the new year. Um, since coming to OA, I have learned a lot about not making resolutions, and as Bella said, um, asking God for abstinence one day at a time, and it's such a more peaceful way to live. Um, One thing that I love about Vision for You is how positive everyone is and how positive my sponsor is, and that I don't get beat up. Um, I just go on and do the best I can with God's help, and the steps are so clear. I have such clear direction, especially as studying the text as we are right now and knowing that I can never take that bite with immunity. So with that I pass. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Debbie. Katie G. Hey, everyone. It's Katie G again. Um, so what are we doing? We're reading the doctor's opinion, right? And we're, we're seeing if we can identify in. And as somebody else um, talked about the definition of a psychopath, and I kind of usually just skimmed over that part but because I was like, well, I'm not a psychopath. But I did identify with emotionally unstable. And I did identify with the description of what this psychopath is doing, right? 
and then I become a psychopath because am I always going on the wagon for teeth? That was my strategy. Okay, guys, I'm going to do this again. Here we go. One more time. It's going to be different this time. I'm pulling myself up by my bootstraps. I'm not going to eat no matter what. I'm going to do this. This is going to happen next, right? And then the phenomenon craving I have eating becomes a step up like I'm abstinent and I am trying, and I'm feeling all these feelings, right? Because when I'm abstinent, it feels like I have no skin on and I'm playing bumper cars. And the phenomenon of craving comes on once I put that food in my mouth because eating is a step up from how I feel about myself. And then what happens? I am over-remorseful. I am so sorry. I am guilt-ridden. I am filled with regret. And what am I guilt-ridden and regret about? About what I did that I, that I had that, you know, I, again, I picked up the food. I didn't show up to the wedding. I didn't show up to the funeral. And what was my, what was my um, response? I made resolutions. And what is a resolution? It is a course of thought or opinion, but never a decision. And what I was taught is that a decision is exertion followed by action, right? So I made so many resolutions throughout my life. I'm going to do this again. It's New Year's. It's Monday. It's Saturday. It's Sunday night at 5 p.m. This is my resolution. I did a lot of talking you know, but I didn't take any action, not the kind of action that is described in this book. So right now, it's can you identify it? Do you have the phenomenon of craving? Do you have this abnormal thinking? Is it physically uncomfortable for you when you put down that food? Then you need, for me, I need a power greater than me to restore me to sanity, and I have to make a decision followed by action. If we could, you know, this is a little bit overshadowing of the third step, you know, we make a decision. If we could fully make a decision to turn our will and our life over to God, we would have a three-step program. But we don't, right? We have a 12-step program. There's a lot of actions to be rid of self, to get that connection with God. And uh, I'm really grateful that I don't make resolutions today, that I make decisions with God. I follow them with actions, and I stay committed. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Do your next. Good morning, Jill. Uh, good morning. Uh, this is Stu, uh, still uh, newly recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you so much. I absolutely love, 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 love this part of the book because um, it really describes me and it describes what I go through every day. And, you know, um, I love that the doctor was not only talking about the alcoholic um, but was talking about, you know, he, he was a doctor, so he would see people with many, many disorders, you know, not just with um, alcohol or, in our case, compulsive overeating, but, you know, um, the ones that were psychopaths, man-depressant, um, that had some serious illnesses beside the alcohol. And, um, you know, and the question was, would they be able to recover? Would they be able to apply the same... Um, uh, themes that, that are being described in this book for recovery for these particular people. And um, I'm so glad that the answer is yes. You know, um, when we look at the word psychopath, it's, it's someone who can't differentiate the, the, between right and wrong. I mean, to keep it simply, it's someone that can't differentiate. And the doctor described it very beautifully in, in the previous um, page where he says, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive 
that after a while they admit they are injurious, but they can't after time differentiate the truth from the false. Again, can't tell right between wrong. Um, psychopath. Uh, the other definition for psychopath is someone that's antisocial. Um, someone that can't uh, make relationships with people. Um, you know, they're aggressive. They're, uh, they don't have this moral fiber, fiber in them. And, you know, that describes me so well. Um, when I was into the food, I became so numb. I isolated. I, you know, I put, up, put on almost 300-pound weight. And I didn't, all I cared about was eating and sleeping, eating and sleeping. Didn't want to be bothered with family. Didn't want to be bothered with anyone. I, that, was, that was it. And did I see a way out? I couldn't even see a way out. You know, and thank God for this program because it gave me hope that the person like me who had um, a mental disorder beside my addiction with compulsive overeating had hope. And on page 58, it talks about there are those who, those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. And, and that gave me a lot of hope. You know, because I knew that I had I had this um, ability to recover if I was honest. If I was honest about my disorders, if I was honest about you know what was going on with me, that I was a true compulsive overeater, that I had a twofold disease, that once I ingested these binge foods, I was off to the races, that I had a mental obsession, that once I put down the food, the restless, irritable discontent came in, and unless I turn it over to a higher power and connect it to that higher power, I was, I was going to com- be completely hopeless. So I, today, I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of, of this higher power um, because he was able to solve my problems. You know, he was able to give me hope. And there is hope in these pages, and it's just so unbelievable. When I looked at this at first, I was like, well, I'm excluded because, you know, I have, I have a disorder that's incurable. I, I don't think I can get this, you know, and yet this book includes me in on it. How awesome is that? Includes me, someone like me, that I too can recover. No matter what I'm going through, I can recover. I just have to follow the outline that's, that's presented in this book. And the doctor saw that. The doctor saw that through this altruistic um, movement with these people that were carrying this message yet to other um, alcoholics. And today we have the same hope. And I'm just so grateful that that we're here today and that we can um, receive this. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Du. Would anyone like to comment on what was said? Hello? Hello? I heard Debbie from Maine, and then I heard somebody say, hello, hello. Who's that? Hi, this is Zippy from Canada. Okay, so first it would be Debbie from Maine, then Zippy from Canada. And Jackie from West Virginia. Go ahead, Debbie. Hi. Um, I was just sitting here writing out a little bit of story about myself. I'll, I'll be quick. Uh, I'll just read it off. Um, in 2005... I was told I had celiac disease, and that's an allergy to wheat. And my specialist said to me when I had another checkup, she asked me if I was eating wheat, and I said, well, a little bit. And she said, 
cheat all you want because you can expect the stomach cancer. Well, for me, I did listen back then to her. She she did was right up front, and it talked about the doctors um, in the big book today. Um, some They didn't talk about the higher power or any of that stuff, but I did join a 12-step group at one time, and I didn't understand about the psychic change and the steps and all I thought, well, if I lose weight, I lost 70-something pounds. Okay, well, I'm recovered. That's it. I'm recovered. I have it down. That's it. And I don't hear very many people on here, um, you know, that say stuff about them things. They they talk about being recovered. Or maybe they do after the after talk. But um, anyway, I to make it short, I have seen a nutritionist and I have called a Vision for You um, person and hopefully be working the steps soon and getting my action plan together for my food and and I realize it's not all about the weight loss it's it's the psycho and my mother used to call me a scatterbrain I didn't want to be called a psychopath but um, scatterbrain fits me so um, and I do believe the doctor opinion is the best chapter in the book it explains it well and yes, I have the phenomenal craving, I have the mental obsession, and yes, I'm asking God to help and work through the steps. And God bless everybody, and have a beautiful day. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. Uh, Zippy, you're next. Hi, good morning, everyone on the line, and thank you, Melanie, for your service. And um, this is Sippy, a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just wanted to share that um, till I got into a vision for you, I just didn't get it. I tried everything and anything. I tried, uh, you know, other other food plans and other diets. And, like, I would tell my son, oh, I wish I had your appetite. And he would say, you do, Ma. You have mine, his, his, and his. And Or if I was doing a point system, they would comment, you're winning. You have all the points. You're winning. I just couldn't get it. And yes, I guess I was a psychopath. This is, I never described myself as one, but now listening this morning, because I tried everything and anything. And a vision for you was the last house on the block. I had complete abstinence when I got into OA for like 15 months, and then poof. And it it was a white-knuckling abstinence. And I kept saying, we say the serenity prayer. God, when will I feel the serenity? Now I describe my life as BR, before recovery, and AR, after recovery. Because thank God, God is in all my relationships, my relationship with food. And I'm not fighting anything or anyone and I understand that it's one day at a time, and this vision for you gave me the knowledge, t- getting a sp- sponsor from this, the way they follow the directions in the big book. And I started my day today at 6 a.m. with a sponsee. Hopefully she'll be helping someone else, and there's so much hope when we do follow this program and live in steps 10, 11, and 12 and it's doable for all of you that are there. I came really for the vanity. I was turning 50, and I said, okay, let me lose 50 pounds. And then I realized, I only realized after when I was in a thin body how insane I really was, and I stayed for the sanity. And no food is worth, you know, 
insanity and it's it's just a wonderful way of living and um i thank all of you and i thank god and i don't have to make any more resolutions or try any other different plans and i have a plan and a way of life one day at a time thank you bye thank you Zippy. would anyone else like to share on what was read before we move on This is Jackie from West Virginia. Hi, Jackie. Hi. I am a compulsive overeater. I have experienced the miracle of this program. I definitely am a psychopath. Um, Yesterday, I had every intention of eating and without really being aware of it, I decided to return a program call. And by the end of that call, I didn't want to eat the food anymore. So I'm experiencing the subtle, and it's definitely very subtle, effects of living one day at a time because from day to day, I just kind of go nuts and I can see that it's working even when I'm not trying to work the program because I come into these rooms every day that I can and listen to what others are saying and try to really work the tools and I am really grateful for everyone that has reached out to me and um and has hurt my the insanity that I've gone through. One of the things that I, I have to realize is that I'm grieving. I'm grieving a lifestyle that nurtured me, even though it was killing me. It was something that I put a lot of time and energy into, and I'm grieving. And I would not have been able to do anything but be in the pain if it wasn't for talking to people that come into these rooms. And I'm very, very grateful that I'm here and that you're here. And thank you very much. I pass. Hi, Amana. I'm sorry, your name? Anna. Did you say Anna? Yes, hi. Hi. We have just about one more minute before we close the meeting. If you'd like to take that minute, That's I'd love all to I need. offer it I don't, I, to you. Oh, thank you. That's okay. all I need. Thank you. I am I a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. I called yesterday. I shared, um, and I'm just calling to say thank you. I got a lot, a lot of feedback, a lot of outreach calls. Um, I was so overwhelmed. I I didn't even have time to get back to everybody. I will today, and I made a very, very big difference in my day, and I am abstinent today. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, Anna. Thank you very much. And it is time to close our meeting, and I want to thank everyone who has shared today. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And do would you please read that for us? Sue, are you with us? I'm sorry. Here I am. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Du, a newly recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.